offering and what we we are receiving uh, as we sow, we reap even before we sow. You give us a, a, a harvest in advance. So we thank you, Lord, for that advanced harvest. We thank you, Lord, for the one that's coming. And we bless you and we praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, today we're going to talk about the prophet's reward. I know I haven't talked about it in a while. I hadn't talked about uh, healing very much in our regular meetings. I usually save those teachings for the healing school and miracle services, but uh, it was just a now subject to focus on. Amen. With the uh, pandemic such as it was, I mean, I know it was devastating for many people. There's so many rumors swirling around about it and <clears throat> what the origin of it is and what's being what it's really all about. But uh, that is is not an issue. But because wherever it comes from, uh, we are healed. And that doesn't change. Amen. It never changes. So God's word to us never changes. God certainly isn't threatened by anything that's man-made, uh, accidentally released, deliberately released. He's not moved by any of that. Amen. He's just moved by faith and his word. And if we continue in faith, we'll get the reward of faithful people. And so I'm very thankful that he's honored what what he gave us to do and that people have been healthy here amen and so it's it's really a blessing to see that god does honor his word and when we follow his instruction he leads us and guides us through these things without fail and uh and that's part of the prophet's reward as well amen because these these words have to be received amen you have to trust who God puts in your life. And I'm assuming that if if you were sent here by God and you're here, he sent you here. Amen. And it's always good to to uh, sit where you sit in faith, not always being skeptical about everything and and uh questioning everything. Uh but you have to take some of these things before the Lord and let him sort them out for you. And so um the uh, we need to go into the word and find out what uh, Jesus was talking about his his um i guess his uh part of his mission was to let people see who God is that 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 he would be a reflection of God the Father and it, it in order to do that, there were certain things that he had to do without fail. One of them was he had to obey the Father, just like God expects us to obey him. Amen. So not only did he reveal the Father to us, but he also set an example for how we are to live uh, and the things that we are to to do. It's interesting to me that Jesus had a family but when his ministry started, he didn't spend a whole lot of time either talking about his family, dealing with his family. Now, see, I would get rebuked by 90% of ministers for making a statement like that. You got me? They'll say things like God first, family second, ministry third. Well, if your ministry is going to come third all the time, 
You know, you don't have anything pressing. You don't say that about your job. See, prophets will say stuff like that to you and not even flinch and feel bad. If it hurts somebody's feelings, it hurts your feelings. But if God is sovereign and he chose you for the work he chose you for, why don't you let him decide what's first, second, and third? Because if you put him first, you can't tell what's second and third. If he's first, he's first. Then he tells you what's second and what's. See, it's still man's tradition that gets followed. And most of them don't follow their own advice anyway. If you got a deacon board breathing down your neck and sheep that need tending to and nobody's there to tend to them but you. If the grass at the church needs to be mowed, you can't get a volunteer and you can't afford to pay somebody. Come on now, y'all. If you had a secular job, there are a lot of people that put their, you know, and get mad at the family for trying to make too many demands on them. But you know, I got to get, I got to go to work. I got to, somebody got to pay the bills around here. Hello. Or am I talking to the Y across the street? <laughs> uh, we might as well, you know, slay some sacred cows while we're at it, folks. We listen to mu- too much stuff that's opinion and don't try to validate it in the word. Amen? Yeah, validate everything that you you have in the word, with the word of God. So if God comes first, then he tells you the order of other things in your life. But Jesus never talked about his family. In fact, somebody told him one time, your family is out there asking for you. And he said, who's my family? Huh? Except these who are out here listening to me preach. In other words, family, if you want me, come here and get me. Amen. Come here and sit under my teaching. Come here and sit and hear what I'm talking about. Well, I think I'll put on a little lip gloss right about now. I see this is going to be a triple lip gloss day. Y'all ain't working me to death. (laughs) Know what I'm saying? God's a sovereign God. If he needs you to get up and go to Timbuktu, if he's anointed you to go there and you fail to go and start whining to him and say, my my wife don't want me gone, you don't say that to a boss. You got a boss that tells you to come in early and leave late, you do it. Hello? Well, you ought to give God at least as much respect, amen, as you give a secular boss. Because what his paycheck to us is much greater, much higher, much more valuable, if you really believe God now. So we got to understand these things. And see, prophets understand this kind of stuff, and they live by it. Other than that, we don't get very far in God's kingdom. If we're going to whine to him every time we have to do something that we don't want to do and then blame it on family responsibilities and all that kind of stuff, we're not going to get very far. Amen? And and pastors don't get very far either. 
none of us who are servants of God. Servant means you shut your mouth and do what you're told to do. He's not asking, he's commanding. Listen, I'm going to go in my office and just put my feet up. Huh? Right. See, y'all want the reward, but you don't want to receive. You got to receive before you can get anything out of this. So Jesus says here in Matthew 10, 41, He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. You see, receiving the person comes before the reward. We always want the paycheck, but don't want to go through the preliminaries for the paycheck. Huh? Everybody talking about wealth transfer, like, you know, somebody going to take your your um, bank account information, your routing number, and your check account number, and just put it in there. Huh? You got to sew for something. Come on, folks. It It just don't happen like that. God doesn't spoil his children. Amen. He he allows us to know what labor is like. <laughs> At least labor to enter into the rest of faith so that you can live a life of faith. But a life of faith is not a, a easy chair all the time and waiting for stuff to come in. The life of faith is being obedient to God, to the voice of God, to the spirit of God. And so once we understand that and we're willing to do diligently what God tells us to do, then we can expect the reward that he He offers us. But he says here in verse 40, he said, He that receives you receives me. He that receives me receives him that sent me. So there's a chain of command here. That Whereas if you receive God's servant, you're receiving God. Now see, people don't like that kind of talk. But if you, if you think about what it is, if a person carries God's message, then what that means is that that person is representing God and, and God looks at that as, oh, okay, this person is okay with me. They're okay with me having influence in their life. They're okay with me having control over certain things in their life if they receive my servant that I sent. See, we're going to receive people anyway. We're going to run to people, you know, for advice. We, you know, if we want to complain about something, we'll run to a human, somebody with flesh on. So God just uses that, that natural trust that we have for one another and that natural desire that we have to connect with one another. He uses that and doesn't try to override it. Because he knows it's so common and so natural for us to do those things. So he will insert himself into our already established relationships, our ways of doing things, our ways of, of, um, communicating, our ways of living. But, but we still have to draw the line and understand that now I have to separate this person out and put them in a different category because they are God's servant. And so that's something that has to be respected across the line. 
that that when somebody is anointed as a servant of God, that puts them in the category of holy. It also puts them in a category of authority, of having power with God, influence with God. And, and it works to everybody's good because when you're seeking help from God, you want it to be right. You want it to be honored by God. You don't want to just let this be a collection of opinions that you, you, you keep gathering from your girlfriends and from this person and that person. You want to go to the source. Amen. And, and don't get it twisted. You know, when, when you, when God assigns you, to somebody when he when you're a part of a ministry or a part of a church god has assigned you there you know it's not for you to to make up your mind to go this place and that place and the other place and the other place you don't move until god moves you and he doesn't move you for for frivolous reasons you know like somebody said something to you that you didn't like amen he's not going to move you for that He's going to teach you how to forgive. Maybe you're offended because you're too easily offended. Because you don't know how to love people. So you come to the the assembly of God's people to learn to love, to learn the word, to learn to obey, to have relationship. God's about family and about relationships. Unfortunately, in our society, there's so many people who think families can be easily thrown away. And that's why we have difficulty getting people to be consistent in God's house. Because the world out there is telling them it's okay to walk away from your family. It's okay to divorce somebody and and scatter the family around. It's okay. You gotta have a life for yourself. See what I'm saying? And, and so you, there's a point where you gotta surrender control of things over to God and trust Him. That's what trust really means. It means that no matter what happens in the natural, you're going to stay with your commitment to God and ride it out and see, as the old song says, see what the end will be. Amen. And amen. So you've got to be persuaded to, to go through these things to see if God's word is true. Is he going to bless you for this? Are you going to learn in this place? Are you going to grow in this place? Are you going to, or are you just here for the social element to see who likes you and who don't like you and who puts up with your shenanigans? Amen. So, so this is, this is the whole thing. And so when God assigns you somewhere, he expects you to draw teaching, knowledge, influence, all that from that place where he's assigned you. He expects you to do that. People shop too much on the Internet for all these crazy people that are sometimes you. I just look back and say, well, what's the attraction here? You know, what what are what's what's the draw? And sometimes it's the itching ear syndrome where some people just want something new so they can run around and tell everybody what they got that's different from what they're getting in the church. You understand what I'm saying? Like you got something that's wonderful. Well, any idiot can go on the Internet and get indoctrinated by somebody else's false information. You got me? That doesn't mean they're not teaching the word, but maybe that's not what God wants you to feed on right now. Maybe he wants you to feed on what's in the house. 
So you'll learn some patience. So you'll learn some endurance. So you'll learn some understanding. So maybe you learn to pray for your, your pastor for real. You understand what I'm saying? And, and keep them moving along so that they can meet every challenge that's out there. Just because it's available, it doesn't mean it's for you. So this word that he tells them, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, really what that means is that you're receiving somebody because of the office that they stand in. Some prophets were well known throughout the Bible history. um, For instance, Elijah was known for his appearance. Uh, uh, there was a, a king that was given a message, uh, by somebody who came to visit him. And they, they reported to him what this person that they met on the road told them to tell the king. And the king said, what he looked like. That was the first thing out of his mouth. And when the man described it, he said, oh, that was Elijah the Tishbite. See, prophets are under strict orders from God for everything. See, y'all don't understand some things. I'm trying to get you to understand some stuff so that you'll be able to um, understand how to receive from different gifts and different people and so forth and so on. See, when you when you are called of God, you're not trying to build a reputation. You're trying to fit into a calling. And see, there are so many people trying to build reputations and build an audience and get a following and all that kind of stuff. Well, that if you're really called of God, that kind of stuff should not occur to you. I mean, seriously. I mean, there's a place of responsibility where you have to make known who you are, make known your ministry, make known everything. But God draws the people. He brings the increase. As many times as Jesus would tell people, don't tell anybody about this, don't spread this around, etc. It got spread anyway. You understand what I'm saying? And so there are some places where the person who is called, especially the prophet, has to be a hands-off kind of person. And just let it roll where God wants it to roll. You know, we can't control. The only thing you can control is your obedience to God. You know, and, and that's pretty much it. But, but you will see that there are trademarks and identifications that certain prophets carried in the Bible. Amen. Uh, Elisha was known as a miracle working prophet, much more, twice as many as Elijah, his, um, his mentor had. And so he had a reputation of them being able to go to him. And he could pretty much solve any problem that came up. There was, he didn't miss it. Amen. Uh, and so when we, we look at these things, we wonder what it is about certain gifts that allow them to be able to do certain things. And, and there are certain gifts that, that can do other things exceptionally well. You know, I would, I would run out behind an evangelist and let them lead any day of the week if we're going to go soul winning. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you can't find anyone, any of them that believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. 
But as far as, as witnessing the people and soul winning, you, you can't beat them because that's their office that they're called to. Their gift specifically, um, zeroes in on that aspect of the gospel message. The, the prophet has to zero in on revelation understanding and, and really understanding the word and, and getting the word confirmed as much as possible. See, we're not, we're not satisfied with just talking and telling you stuff and it never happened. Because somewhere inside the prophet, they know it's supposed to happen. You understand what I'm saying? And I, I mean sooner instead of later. It's not we wait on everything. There's something, there's something gotta pop right now. You understand what I'm saying? And so there's, when people have that understanding, then they have a place in the body of Christ for people who need stuff to pop right now. Amen. And so the, you have to understand God knows what he's doing. When he gifts people a certain way, he does it so that they can get a certain kind of work done to help the people. This is all to help God's people, folks. It's it's not for them. It's not for show. It's not for anything but so that they can be a service a minister and a help to the people of God. Amen. And so when you, when you understand that, that when we're talking about receiving a prophet, we're talking about receiving them based on the fact that they are a prophet. Amen. So you receive them based on the fact that they are a prophet. And there are many ways that you can identify certain gifts. Amen. And if you are not sure, you can do what most of y'all did when when we started this ministry you wouldn't talk to guys that lady know what she talking about this what is this stuff here what 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 what? so you go to god and verify things amen hey no harm no foul i ain't offended by it because many times i ain't sure myself until something happens (laughs) it's the truth we all down here living by faith amen so so here it is when Jesus declares this, he says, whoever receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man. You know, there are certain people in the body of Christ you just know are are faithful to God. They got what we call they got the goods. They got the cred. They got the the, the fruit to show. And so when certain people's names are mentioned, certain things come to your mind. Or they should, if you know them by the Spirit of God. And so it's, 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 it's that God begins to let people develop an identity among His people whereby they know they can expect certain things out of them. Like, like we can expect certain things out of people that we have identified either by their ministry gift office, by their reputation, by their name, that they understand certain things and we can go to them for certain kind of help, that kind of stuff. Um, uh, it's just, it's just that way. Amen. Uh, it, in, and you can't, you can't make God change these things. You got to go with it. You know, it used to bug me sometimes where people refused to come to our meetings, but they would call me if they needed prayer for something. I'm thinking to myself, you wouldn't need so many prayer calls. And it, seriously, come learn something and stay out of hot water. I mean, that seemed obvious to me. 
But then God had me to understand. He said, there are people out there who don't understand the kingdom. They don't understand the purpose of the church. They just know when they're in trouble, they holler. And and they expect somebody to be able to help them. And so I had to relax on people to a degree. Now, there are some people that are in a rebellion and disobedience, and that's why they stay in trouble, or that's why they get into trouble. Some of them have escaped trouble for so long, it's finally caught up with them. You understand what I'm saying? Because disobedience is going to catch up with you at some point. Amen? I know a lot of people when they leave this ministry, they'll, they're, and they're not going anywhere. They're sitting around at home. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's, you know, they just time out for church people and they get comfortable because I guess they were expecting maybe the earth to open up and swallow them or something and it didn't happen yet. They're expecting disaster when they get out of the door and they step out there and the ground's still firm. And they say, oh, I might be able to make it another step. And and then one day all the seed that they sowed here dries up. When they least suspect it and they can't figure out what the problem is. So that's when they start calling people back that that are still in the ministry, see if they can get some prayer, see if they can get some this, if you you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, be honest and say it's happened to you and just keep it moving. So, and so when, when you, you see that and people aren't repentant, it's not going to help them for you to keep bailing them out with prayer. You understand what I'm saying? It, there is only going to, their, their rebellion bailing with knowledge that they're not doing the right thing. They just been taking a chance out there. And so their chances have dried up. And so what they're doing is that they are rejecting God through rejecting the prophet. Let me show that to you because some of y'all just get all crazy. If you God's representative, I know I am. My goodness. What? I mean, what is the problem? Turn to 1 Samuel 8. See, a lot of people don't warm up to authority real well. They just don't. Amen. First Samuel eight. But there has to be a, a, um, a hierarchy and a, um, uh, what do you call it? A distribution, so to speak, uh, of power from heaven. It comes from on high. But it's delegated first to the fivefold and to people who are receiving them the way they are supposed to be received. That's why sometimes preachers get a little distant from the sheep because sometimes people try to be too familiar. And then when it's time for them to give you discipline and correction, then you don't want to take it because that's your friend. Amen. So many times, you know, if people don't know to respect and back off, you have to just let them see that. Amen. And so in First Samuel 8 and verse 7, go to verse 4. Uh, it says, Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you're old, Pastor Barb. <laughs> No, I'm messing with you. <laughs> Don't ever judge nobody on the age, right? 
It says, and behold, you're, you're old and your sons do not walk in your way. So this was their excuse for rejecting the prophet. Amen. Because they're looking at Samuel's age and usually it, the, um, office falls on the children back then. Amen. Thus to a degree now. Amen. But thank God if, if your children don't serve God or don't want to be ministers, God raises up somebody else. You know, the gospel's never lost because somebody doesn't want to follow God the right way. And he says, now make us a king to judge us like the rest of the nations. So people get in trouble trying to imitate the church down the street. Huh? But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, listen to them and do what they tell you to do. Huh? For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that they don't want me to reign over them. Amen? See, God is holy. Everything he does is right. When he gives a message through his prophets, and people don't want it, they're really not wanting either the discipline, the understanding, or whatever it is that's being given in the message. So they're really rejecting God. It's not saying the prophet is equal to God. But the prophet is carrying the message of God. If he's worth anything, it's a straight message from God. It's not pretty up. It's not altered. It's not changed. It doesn't have his little opinion in it. It doesn't have if you want to, you can in there. And that's why people really dislike it. Because most people do not like authority. They they recoil at discipline. They want to discipline themselves tomorrow instead of today. That's why most diets start Monday, right? Huh? Because we don't want the discipline. And so God understands this. And that's why he would take the pressure off of the prophet by real letting them realize, listen, you are carrying my word. This isn't your word. This has nothing to do with you. You're just the vessel that I've chosen to carry it. It's like a, a waiter or a waitress getting offended because somebody says, well, this food is cold. Take it back. And they start crying and say, well, you don't like my food. You didn't cook it. Take it back to the kitchen. Let the chef, this is the chef's problem. You understand what I'm saying? You're just delivering the message. You're not cooking it up. And so, amen. And so God would have to deal with his servants like this. Amen. That's why the Bible and the prophets were considered to be God's sovereign messenger or God's sovereign servant. They were always referred to in the Bible as God's servant, the prophets. So they didn't serve man. They didn't serve the people. And this is where people get ministry gift offices very confused. Prophets serve God exclusively. Amen. Pastors serve God and the people. Evangelists serve God and the people. Teachers serve God and the people. But prophets serve God, period. Oh, 
Well, what's wrong with people, Pastor Barb? Don't you give messages to people? I don't rewrite the Bible. That's one thing I don't do. Because I know for a fact that if most of y'all could, you would twist my arm and get me to take back a lot of what I preach. Oh, <laughs> there you go again, Pastor Bob. Oh, that's the truth. If it gets too hard, for, why do you think so many empty seats around here? It gets too hard for certain people. Like they don't read the same Bible I read. All I'm doing is giving you scripture just like it's written. Like it is written. <laughs> See, most people's ears, and then in the natural, our ears are like Satan's ears. Twisting up the scripture. If you be the son of God. And Jesus has already identified himself as that. And he going to try to challenge it. He going to challenge your identity. You got to prove who you are to him. And his subjects. There's a lot of people out there want to challenge you. you. You call yourself, what do they say at your job when they catch you making them? You call yourself a Christian. I said, well, at least they're watching. Huh? At least they know you belong to God and they're watching you. You got an audience. Amen. <laughs> so there are many people that want to twist you up and make you take back what you said. Amen. Now, now, I'm not talking about somebody makes a mistake or hears God wrong or something. We can all do that. Amen. But but I'm talking about the fact that God has dedicated the gift of the prophet to himself in such a way that we hear from God and we answer to God. We'll answer to the people. Now, we minister to people. We help people, but we're not answerable to you. I was watching before this election was over, all the prophets on Facebook prophesying Trump was going to win. Because that was a prophecy that had been prophesied by several people. At first it was just one poor man, you know, and then with several people after that. But see, it's easy to repeat something after it catches on. That's not what a prophet does. If you can't get on your rusty knees and get what you get straight from God, you ought to be (laughs) criticized. So when the criticism came, many of them started changing what they said. And then the Bible says, I'm the Lord God, I change not. So I got me a bag of popcorn, which I shouldn't have. I should have just half a bag, but and a diet coke, and just watch the show. So see, that closed up a lot of them profit Facebook accounts. Some of them still crazy enough to still be out there giving false words, but that shut down a lot of that nonsense. See, cause you don't, if you, if that word you, you gave really came from God, what are you changing it for? And why are you apologizing for it? Why are you explaining it? God explains himself. 
That's what prayer is for. That's for you to go in your little closet and check with God himself to see if what's been said is is him. See, we got ignorance feeding ignorance feeding ignorance. Nobody reading their word. This Bible, your best friend. Amen. You need to meditate on it and get as much of it in you as you can. (laughs) So anyway, if you receive a prophet because he stands in the office of prophet, if you receive a prophet because he or she stands in the office of prophet, if you receive them based on your understanding and your witness from God that they stand in the office of prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. Because their authority comes from God down to them, down to you. So there's no wishy-washy in it. There's no adulterated stuff in it. There's no goofy stuff in it. It's just straight from God to you. We just got a little human vessel in there so that you can hear it in a form where you can receive it. You receive it with a witness in your spirit instead of having to go to God to get everything straight from him. That's not his system. You get something straight from him and you should get a lot of stuff from him. But you got to submit to the fivefold. That's his system. He wants us engaged as a church and as a family and depending on one another and taking care of one another and loving one another. Amen. And so that's his system. We can't argue with the system. Amen. The minute you start rejecting people and say, God, I want you to talk to me yourself. You made a big mistake there, my friend. This system was set up before you got here trying to call the shots. Amen. Was set up from the foundation of the earth. It's not going to change. You either roll with it or you don't. Amen. And there are many people who choose not to. So if you receive a prophet because they, they are a prophet. When they, that, that king asked what the, the man who spoke to this gentleman looked like, he identified Elijah based on what he wore. Amen. Based on what he wore. Amen. So the prophet's reward is in, in many different areas of your life. And I think what you need to understand is that there realm of influence is the same as the word ask anything in his name so ask anything so the prophet's reward is not just specific in certain things but it's the the your your it's your um um opportunity to ask anything of the lord amen and the man of god can can petition god for you or they are anointed to help you in whatever area of life you have difficulty not just prophecy amen so they still have to have what we now refer to as a full gospel ministry which is is no different than their old testament ministry 
So if, if we have a better covenant, they should at least be able to do Old Testament stuff and more because we have a better covenant. Amen. And so we need to start holding these people who claim to be who they say they are to the biblical standard of what New Testament ministry is. See, if you prophesy that God's healing somebody and you can't make at least some of it manifest through, I can always tell when it's genuine because if it is, they will lay hands on people and they will check them to make sure they've gotten something. Well, this business of of God's healing you and he's going to heal you is bogus in a lot of places, folks. You understand what I'm saying? Unless you are not right there in the presence of that person, which I think a lot of them are getting away with a lot of stuff now because churches are closed. So they're speaking a lot of things to people just, just based on their You know, it's just like advertising. They just want people to pay attention to them. They want to try and get a reputation based on not confirmed words. God's got to confirm that word at some point with signs following. You know, I prayed for a woman uh, recently and uh, she, God healed her. She was legally blind. She started seeing again. Amen. It came in a little bit and then more and then more. And she kept saying, oh, yeah, it was prophesied to me 10 years ago. I want to say, well, where has it been for 10 years? That would be my first question, you know, to God. Thank God it showed up now. But see, we're all healed by his stripes. You understand what I'm saying? And I, my, my thought is that God wouldn't just disappoint people and make them wait. Why wait for something that's already given to you? You know, if you can't deliver on some of that, you understand what I'm saying? Like when you go out to, to, to dinner, when they take your order, they return like in two minutes with some rolls. I mean, that's the down payment on the rest of it. They at least get your beverage and you some bread to nibble on. I don't care how long it takes. So it's the same thing with, with the anointing and the word of God. There's got to be a down payment on, on your, your, manifestation immediately and if if you if it doesn't happen now you need to start believing god for it prophet good gravy you know we god's people let people get away with too much nonsense all these shenanigans my goodness just leave folks alone if they don't got the goods keep moving and keep praying for god to bring somebody into your life that's got it this is what causes God to start raising up people and empowering them. It, there's a demand from the body of Christ for the word to come to pass in their lives. Amen. So, so when you receive a prophet's reward, it, because he is a prophet and, and there are ways to verify that. Amen. With Elijah, it was his clothes. It was his outfit. Oh, that's him. That's that prophet. Amen. Uh huh. And so, and there are some things that God will, will instruct people to do. Amen? There are people that have come to our meetings and, and, and they'll look at me and say, well, you're, you're the lady I saw in that dream. 
And I'm thinking to myself, is it she? No. Okay. All right. Stop it. All y'all wake up. Huh? You know, immediately you want to get a mirror and say, well, what did I look like? You know what I'm saying? But, but there's, God knows what you're going to look like by the time the meeting. What you wear, the color of your hair, God chooses all that. Y'all didn't know that, huh? For prophets, he does. He does. I made a vow years ago that I wouldn't wear pants in the pulpit. I suppose I decided to get flip one day and change that. Then nobody would recognize, say God put a vision of what I was wearing, all that kind of stuff one time. You got me? See that, that people, it would throw people's faith off. So you have to be so consistent in your walk with God, so consistent in your, to hear, to get a piece about everything that you do in God. You can't decide if you, if you lose 20 pounds, you're going to wear something revealing in the pulpit. You can't afford to. It ain't about you. You're a voice. Remember John the Baptist said, I ain't nobody. I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. He was out there with his, uh, war skins, you know, out there in the desert with, with fur on. Huh? And people look at him and, and then they look at the Pharisees and Sadducees all robed down and looking all official and stuff and, and they make the comparison. He said, I'm just a voice. I don't know what y'all came looking for, but I'm just a voice. Amen. And I think that's really the way we have to consider ourselves. A few years back, I decided, I decided, I thought I decided to light my hair color, you know, and, and so it, then I started getting comfortable there and I said, well, God, I could switch it back. You know, I haven't done this for many years since I was very young. What am I doing here? And so there was a woman that came up to me at a meeting in California. And she said, she said, woman of God, you know, if God has a word for me, I said, yes, sit on down here. I said, we'll pray a little bit, see what, see if he's got something for you. And so the first thing I asked her was, when did you change your hair? And she said, my hair. I said, your hair. That's what he told me to ask you. And she said, well, it's been, no, she said, no, not, wait a minute. I lightened it recently. And, and I said, is that wave always? But she said, no, I just changed that. And I told her, God told me to tell her that was a stealth move in the spirit and that prophets were changing their hair color from darker to lighter as a spiritual stealth move. What else that means? I can't tell you. But I told, I'm, I'm telling you what he told me to tell her. And I received it for myself as well. You understand what I'm saying? 
everything about a prophet is chosen by God. Or we don't get peace about it. We don't get rest about it. We don't get, so it's like people will want you to say, uh, agree with them while you're talking to them every word they say. I'm thinking to myself, no, wait a minute. I don't get crazy like that with nobody. I love you, but we ain't going down that road together. You know, I'll, just, I'll sit and listen and let you rattle off, but I ain't jumping in there, you know, with nothing unless God gives it to me. And see, people get offended because, well, are you listening? Did you hear me? Yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> Guilty. I'm listening, you know. But it's just the way you roll. You you weigh things. You listen for what God has you to listen for in a conversation. You know, I try to be polite to everybody. But I'm listening for something. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, well, anyway, I try to tell them, Lord, I try to explain the unexplainable. So what do you get? What's the profit reward? You receive what they have. You get what they get. If they get a straight message from God, you get a straight message from God. And they have faith for that message to happen for you. And if they don't, they need to stop. Just be quiet. Amen. So we receive what the prophet gets. You receive what you need. You receive what's missing from your life. So the prophet's ministry is to make the body of Christ whole. Amen. So the, the evangelist can get you saved. And healed if they're any good at it. Pastor can t- definitely keep you serving God. They feed you regularly, make sure that you stay consistent, that you grow up, that you start learning how to do some certain things. And all that's not caught there, the prophet then comes in to make a completeness out of it. They make it whole. That's part of it. The other part is that they can forecast the future for the body of Christ and for you personally. So their words will then begin to cut a path for you to follow that you can reliably understand that God has sanctioned that for you, that God wants you to go there, that God wants you to do that, that God wants you, wants to encourage you to keep on keeping on. Amen. And to fulfill those things that may be lacking in your life. Even though it may require a change on your part to get yourself positioned so that you can start to receive better from God. And that's where people don't like the gift. If it compels you to do something different, if it compels you to change, if it compels you to get away from certain people or to stop doing certain things, and that's what they don't like. They don't like the discipline. They don't like the authority. But we want everything to come to God without very, with very little effort on our part. So the prophet represents the effort that you may have to exert in order to get yourself positioned to receive what God has for you. So when the people asked um, uh, Samuel for a king, he felt rejected. And, and God had to reassure him that it wasn't personal. 
Amen. Because he knew his kids weren't up to the standard that he wanted them to be. And they weren't up to what God wanted for him them to carry on what he was doing. Seldom is the second generation as strong as the first. Because they got to start off small too. See, see the, the generation that's, that's leaving started out small. They grew and now we know them as grown up and capable. Then we want the new person starting to be at their level and they're not. They're at their own level. So it's going to take the faith of everybody to cause them to be encouraged by the flock, to cause them to be um, excited about what God's doing, to cause all of that to fall into place so that they there can be a continuation. But it looks like Samuel's kids did fall very short because he knew they weren't up to it, and so did the people. So there was no way this was going to continue with them in authority. And so eventually the people would have won out and asked for a king. It just happened that they asked Samuel for it, and Samuel, being the elder, could go to God with it and make sense of it and allow it to happen so that it followed God's plan. You got me? So this was, this was God knew this was going to happen all along. He knew that they were influenced by the tribes that were around them, the nations that were around them, and they want to be just like them. That's like when when we get new new musicians that are popular in the body of Christ. There's a lot of worldly in their music because the people who are older in our worshipers kind of like, okay, well, there's... That's okay right there, but this other little thing right here, you know what, you know, you just can't get with it. Amen. Why is that? Because you've passed the stage where it has to be exciting and jumping up and all crazy for you to get involved in it. And now you want it worship. You just want to go straight to the throne. Amen. So now all, all releases of music, even though God anoints that stuff and you sense the anointing on it, you think, well, I'm thankful that God's got something for the younger generation. You understand what I'm saying? And they're receiving from it and they're loving it. But, you know, the older Christian will say, now shut up singing. Let's get them some word in them. You know, understand what I'm saying? This word is the word that's going to keep them going. You can't lullaby them for the rest of their, their spiritual lives. Amen. So, but, but see, that's not right on our part either. We're expecting too much of them. Sometimes at the level where they are. Amen. But that doesn't mean you as a more mature Christian drop worshipful music that's mature and go back and get that. What's wrong with you? You understand what I'm saying? You got a little playfulness in you yet. You know, you don't see the value quite of music as a ministry to take you to the level God wants you to be. See, it's all good as far as I'm concerned when it's the word. But there are certain things that need to be on a level where it takes you into the place in God where you need to be for the work that you're called to do. That's what you're looking for. You're not just looking for something pleasing to the ear and the next new shiny thing. You want it to be significant and add to your spiritual growth and development as well. Amen. You understand that? So, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's good. I mean, it's good on the level where they're at 
and it's good for the body of Christ in general because it keeps us all under the anointing and the ministry that God has for us that, that helps us to get into his presence. So we gotta let, let what they, they have have, have that. And that doesn't mean that you're an old wineskin and you're not flexible. As long as you're relating to God and you're, and you're not trying to stop nobody from doing nothing, you understand what I'm saying? Then it's all good. Amen. It's all good. So when people rejected God, they expressed it through their relationship with prophets that God sent. Amen. And so prophets were liable to get all kinds of reactions uh, from people uh, when they would come to a town. Sometimes the whole town would run and not want to hear what was being said. Amen. And they'll ask, are you uh, how do you come? Do you come as is do you come in peace? Or you come to rebuke us. See, that anointing is is to cause a repentance before God. It's to cause a a sense of I'm being scrutinized, but not in a bad way. You understand what I'm saying? It's different. And so a lot of people don't like prophets even in their congregation. They don't because they'll watch because it's different. It's like they're not like the normal sheep they don't i don't feel like i do around the sheep when they're around that's what it is and so they they single that out and if they don't get a piece about your presence there there's going to be some conflict there light fighting light and so that's how prophets get kicked out of congregations where they could be an asset god always sends you as an asset wherever he sends you Amen. But see, we don't get to be an asset in many places because, you know, and so God will have you make the rounds and you'll see, okay, I get, I got more turn downs and I got, I got 10 turn downs and no acceptances. Gee, God, what's that mean? Amen. He'll give you your own work to do. You got me? But, but generally he wants us to fit in somewhere in a congregation where we can be an asset there. But many times a person in authority doesn't like the shoulder-to-shoulder relationship that they will get with other ministers. They can only relate if they're up here and you're down here as a sheep. But you're not a sheep. Oh, y'all get it next week. I don't, you know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and just do this over and over again. Amen. That's why when, when ministers come into our meetings, we call them all reverend, minister, pastor. We, we honor them with that title and we don't try to judge if they fit the bill or not. They're just honored. We receive them as who they are or who they say they are. See? And so it, it keeps us in a place of not causing them harm in their lives or causing them to feel less than or causing them unnecessary strife or contention or something like that. You know, I've been in, in churches where, you know, I'll sit and I'll ask them, I say, can I sit in the front? Do you have a seat, a place reserved for ministers? And they'll look at me and you understand what I'm saying? See, already they don't have 
you know, why would you put an usher up front and with people and not teach them anything about honoring people? You know, you honor those to whom honor is due. If you say you're a minister, hey, come on up here. We got a seat for you. You understand what I'm saying? And so it, it's, it's one of those things where you have to be careful how you treat people who are, who have a stature in God, who have a calling in God. I mean, who, and who are walking in it. Amen. Now there are some people that just got a prophecy or half a prophecy and they think they're it. You got to seat them with honor too. It's not up to us to discriminate and hold some people back and let some people go and all that kind of crazy stuff. You understand what I'm saying? So, so it's, it's, you keep, you stay out of trouble if you learn how to receive people in the way that who, as who they say they are. Their word has to account for something in your ears when you hear that. And so this is how we, we treat people. We don't try to tell somebody they're this and they're not that. Amen? You know, God would have to really point that out to me and ask me to help them with that in order for that to happen. Amen? And and he's given me a couple of them kind of messages, and they don't go over big, I'm going to tell you right now. Amen? They just do not. And so... um uh So there are all different things that people did when they when prophets would show up now people went to prophets all the time. amen see this is the difference if they come to you, they're comfortable, but if you go to them, they scatter amen and so there's a difference between being sent with a message and being received and Seeing somebody in need and they come to you, it's easy for them to receive you when they can come to you and spill out all the trouble that they're in and expect you to get an answer for them. Amen. See, when it's personal, everybody wants it. But when it's sovereign, people scatter. They don't really want that. Amen. And so there's the difference between the acceptance and the rejection. I had to learn this from God. There was nobody. I had no tutor, prophet tutor to teach me anything. And that was the way God designed it. Amen. There are many times I was like, God, let me go to so-and-so. And he said, then he would, there would be silence. And it's like, girl, sit down and be quiet here. Pay some attention to what I'm doing, you know. And you want to have that easy way because you think that's going to make it easier for you to feel a certain way about yourself. But you can't afford to do that. You feel the way God tells you to feel about yourself. Then the words say, if you're weak, say you're strong. If you're poor, say you're rich. If you're sick, say you're healed. Well, prophets have to learn that early. That whatever God tells you is how you feel. That's how you feel. Amen. I said, oh, God, I thought I wasn't getting up out the bed today, but I see I am. You know, <laughs> we got stuff to do. Amen. And, you know, it's, in some days it's okay to linger in there for a season. But, you know, you don't get much done when that's as far as you go. So we're under God's authority a lot, you know, a lot more than people really understand. You can't let people tamper with what God's put in you because it don't belong to you. It's not mine to protect. It's God's to protect. 
So he protects it with lifestyle. He protects it with teaching. He protects it with understanding, with discipline. There are a lot of different things that go in components that go into shaping a person's personality as a servant of God. But see, when you see the results, you think, man, this is worth it. At least I do. I don't have resentment. You know, God got me over regrets. You know, I mean, I was sitting, sitting one day thinking and, and I was saying, well, God, I didn't get to do this and I didn't get to do that and I didn't get to do that. And I thought one time you was 30 before you got enough sense to ask God to come into your life. How much you think you're going to get to do? You got just enough time to obey God. You don't have time with a lot of nonsense and fooling. I call it nonsense. You may think it's the thrill of your life. See, that's the difference. When God puts himself inside of you and kingdom inside of you, you see things totally different from the way normal people do. Like I'll see people doing things, and the thought will come to me, that's going to cost them 10 years. You understand what I'm saying? Or you see heartache and struggle that they're going to do because they didn't stop and, and just obey God. And say yes to God. You know, we're always afraid we're not going to get what we want out of life. Well, if you let God have it, you'll get that and more. You'll get a big bonus. Amen. You won't have to be struggling for everything. But you got to let God, you've got to have enough faith and confidence in God to give the whole thing over to him. Not piecemeal him. Because he knows when he's got it all. But he knows when you're holding back. So you gotta give him the whole thing. Huh? You can't have certain things. Miss Jan, I've known her uh, over 30 years now. And God's kept her as a single woman. She could have got married at some time. She probably might have been more comfortable right now. You know, in a lot of ways than being by herself. But I know Jan is the woman who'll do anything and go anywhere God tells her to go and do. She's earned that reputation, you see. So I look at her as an honorable woman of God. You know, she's not just somebody's trying to be a minister. She's sold out to God years ago, you see. And see, people can do a lot of things that they think they're big enough to do. But if God didn't put that on your plate for you to do, you won't get to do that. And you can't sit up and whine about it either. You got to say, okay, God, I gave you control over that to you many years ago. And I'd be crazy to try to take it back, you know, at this date, letting the devil put pressure on you. Amen. So this is the thing. You avoid the pressure that would come to you to do your own thing in God. After God's anointed you, you forget it. You don't own anything anymore. Like people put that little thing, I don't own the rights to this song. We need to all put up there, I don't own the rights to this life. Because this life I live was given to me freely by the Lord Jesus. It's not my life anymore. Prophets can tell you that quicker than anything. You know, I have, I have a desire in my heart for a certain kind of, of luggage, designer luggage. 
but I don't talk about it all the time and I'm not trying to find a way to get it and all that. I figure, hey, God, if you consider me worthy and want to bless me, this is where you want to bless me at. Now, after I get it, it's going to be same old, same old. He knows that and I know that. You see what I'm saying? So it's kind of like a desire, but not. You know, a lot of things of this life are desires, but not. Amen. Because I say, well, probably I'll drop dead or something. And they come and look at my closet and nobody will know what it's really worth. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but anyway, y'all missed a good chance to laugh. Thank you. Amen. First Samuel 22, if you'll go there, verse 10, these are people who inquired of the Lord. Now this is the, the uh, servant or the person going to the prophet for what they need. Or I say first Samuel. Thank you. It shows you, if I read this whole thing, it'll show you the danger that the prophet lived in. They just do. They did and they do. Amen. So in 1 Samuel 22 and verse 10, I think. Uh, it says, and he inquired of the Lord for him to give him food and gave him a sword of Goliath. So this is Doug the Edomite reporting to King Saul that he saw David inquiring of one of the prophets or one of the priests at, um, when, when he was out, um, looking for David actually. He says, and he inquired of the Lord for him and the prophet gave him food gave him the sword of Goliath, the Philistine. The prophet is required by God to do exactly what God tells him to do in all situations, no matter the cost. So here, this 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 prophet responds to David, and Saul said, Here now, you son of Ahitab, and he answered and said, Here am I, Lord. And Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me, you and the son of Jesse, in that you have given him bread and a sword and have inquired of God for him, that he should rise against me to lie in wait as at this day? Ahimelech answered the king and said, And who is so faithful among all your servants as David? Well, see, these are God's words coming out of his mouth. This is probably what signed his death warrant. When he speaks up for David, he said, who is the more faithful servant than David? Amen. And so he says, which, which is the king's son-in-law and goes, goes at your bidding as an honorable in your house. And he said, did I then begin to inquire of God for him? Be it far from me. Let not the king impute anything unto his servant, nor unto the house of all my father, for thy servant knew nothing of all this less or more. So really this, this, this minister, he's really operating as a prophet for David to inquire of the Lord from him. But he's over a group of priests that minister too. He has no idea that Saul is wrongfully hunting down David. He's thought David was out there, you know, running 
and and maybe there was a small dispute between him and Saul and he needed to separate for a season. He had no idea it was going to cost him his life. And eventually it did. So the prophet has to speak the truth that God puts in his heart, even though the recipient is going to be angry enough to kill them. And he did. You can't alter those words to save your life. You can't alter those words to make you popular. You can't alter those words to make you somebody that everybody wants to line up and pay $50 to hear a nice word from you. You can't alter words that come from God. And so uh, Himalak was, he and all his his children were killed. Everybody in that town was killed that day by Doug the Edomite. And he did it because he knew he could get favor with Saul if he were to eliminate all these people. And so here a prophet steps into that quote-unquote trap unknowingly, but the word of the Lord is still in his mouth. He has to deliver the word of the Lord, even if he knows it's going to cost him his life. And so David had gone to him. He had to serve David. He couldn't turn him away. He gave him some things that, well, actually Goliath's sword did belong to David. Amen. And the food that he gave him, God wouldn't have them turn people away. They fed everybody that had a need. And so these things that that seem simple can have devastating consequences because any time the prophet carries through the instruction of God, it is for the advance of the kingdom. Then guess who's angry when the kingdom advances? Amen. The enemies of God. And so at any any point, something you say can be pricked, can prick somebody and turn them, you know, angry against you. Seemingly for no reason. You look and say, well, what did I say? You know, you know, I, I get this a lot. People say it's not what you said. It's the way you said it. I have no control over the way I say things unless I'm just angry myself and I know the difference. My goodness. The way I said it was anointed of God. Huh? You know, some people need to move off dead center. Some people don't even know they carry anger and animosity until it's revealed. Huh? So you really do them a favor. Say, honey, if you had all that in you, I did you a favor by <laughs> just like that prophetess lady that was at the meeting. And Ms. Nola told her not to prophesy. She had the, and that's not the only one. Everybody we stop from giving these false words, their face turns into a rage. See, that demon was in there all the time. And if we let that devil go around giving people words, we got a house full of people that's that's in error. You don't want anybody with an angry, violent, out-of-control spirit in them to say nothing into your life. But see, they didn't know they'd get exposed that day. Didn't put themselves in check. And see, what that person needs to do is to go to God and say, God, is this who I really am? 
I'm thinking I'm your servant and I'm thinking I'm giving people accurate words. Is this who, but seldom do they. You just, they just go to the next meeting and keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. But this allowing, helping, helping people will cost you. That's all I want to tell you. Some people, not everybody's happy when you give them a word from God. Not everybody's happy when you do things to try to bless them. Not everybody's happy. Amen. When you obey God on their behalf, I don't care what it is you do. I can give somebody a a a a, piece, a plate of food and they'll look at me funny. Well, y'all haven't done much of that, I see. Huh? But you try hospitality sometimes and see if there is a there's warfare over every ministry in the body of Christ. There's warfare over every word. There's warfare over every plan of God. There's warfare over all of that. See, the problem is we're too busy trying to make friends and be nice and be known as the nice person in the church. Well, I'm going to tell you that place is full of demons. Ain't no nice people in churches no more. They're either servants of God or, and kind people, or but it, a kind one will turn angry on you in a minute. If you don't have something you get angry about, you're no servant of God. Amen? You're not even human. You're one of them snowflake people, that's, but they're angry all the time too. So you understand what I'm saying? So we scratched the surface, okay? I didn't think I'd have to go that far back, but apparently I did. But But we'll get more into... The prophet's reward because you got to see what this gift, why you're sitting under this gift and, and why hopefully your life is better than the next crazy Christian running around out there. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for the ministry, for all of your ministry gifts. Lord, I thank you for Miss Jan. I thank you, Lord. Bless her life. Bless it abundantly. Go beyond what she can ask or think, according to your glorious riches through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Okay, why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes... We are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. Praise God. It is so decreed.